0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 213. Um, how are you doing? Thank you all for tuning in um, and for all the love for last week's episode uh, with Jamie Dimitriou of the amazing Staff Let's Flats a TV series on Channel 4. The, the first episode starts tonight and honestly, it's genius. It's 10pm on Channel 4. You're going to love it. Staff Let's Flats. But this week's guest... It's Kate Nash, and it's one that I've been promising for a long time. I've known Kate for many, many years, but haven't seen her for kind of more years than I knew her, I think it was. So we were delighted when um, the promotion team who were in charge of her promotion run for GLOW, season two, hit me up asking if I'd have her on the podcast. And I was like, yeah, that's my pal. (laughs) It'll be lovely. So it was genuinely a beautiful catch-up. I should mention at this point, I mean, we talk about the music industry, And independent music and the changes in the music industry. So this is a great point to mention that this week's podcast is brought to you by speechdevelopmentrecords.com where you can get tons of my music, the music of bands on my label, you can get merch, you can get my live Edinburgh Fringe show on DVD or digital download, Um, and loads of good stuff. Obviously we talk about the Edinburgh Fringe in this podcast as well, it comes up all too often, it annoys people because I love the Fringe, but yeah. So yeah, speechdevelopmentrecords.com, head over there. Now, um, this podcast, as I said, if you've tuned in for the first time, um, go and check out the episode a while back with Gemma Carney and the episode with Laura Dockrill, because they're both people that kind of knocked about in the scene with me and Kate, um, and Jack Pignati and Adele and Peggy Sue and the Pirates and Stuart James and loads of good people, Piers, Aslan, all that crowd. Um... So yeah, have a look at them. I want to clarify at the beginning here, because there was there's a bit I'm going to clarify at the end, and there's a bit at the beginning I want to clarify. We touched briefly on on the acting industry, and I was saying that it's kind of... It's a weird thing, because I've come into the acting industry in recent years. Um, I did a show on FX in America, and a show on the BBC over here, and a film with F- Fox recently. And it's a weird time, because I've come into the acting industry as a white male, and it's the kind of the first time in history where... I'm a complete film and TV nerd, so I'm keeping an eye on all the news. Always have been about what films are coming, what projects are coming, and so many of the exciting, vibrant, new, original-sounding projects are casts made up largely of people of colour or, or or largely of women. And as a, a you know, <laughs> as someone who wants to get in amazing projects, it's mildly annoying on my part, but. The annoyance is outweighed by how exciting it is to, to have new voices, and it 's genuinely anyone who's kind of feels that there's a negativity of 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 over um, compensating for previous lack of representation you 're wrong um the film industry in particular it's it's been amazing for years and years and years, but there's always that thought of at some point people are going to run out of stories right I know that sounds ridiculous because they never will but look at how many films are being remade at the moment and sequels of previous films it suggests that people are are running out of stories but that's because for so long the voice telling the stories the perspective these stories are coming from have largely been uh, white males a, a higher percentage i'm not saying only but a higher percentage so to add the original new voices of 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 of, of black writers of female writers of, of 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 asian writers of all sorts of different cultures and areas that's going to be exciting new stories that aren't retreading the same old ground so yeah I think it's a positive thing and another example I wanted to give um, I was trying to think of the best way to explain it because people often argue I'm all for equality but I just think the best person for the job should get the job and of course that's logical but what you're failing to look at there is the fact that previously that hasn't been the case now the main arguments against both equality racially and equality, gender equality. Um, The main arguments that come up, not against them, but the main arguments that come up is that it's exaggerated how much um, inequality there is. Now, that's an argument that can go back and forth for ages. What I think is unarguable is that in the past, it has been very male-dominated and white male-dominated. I think that's unarguable. There has been, obviously, inequality... I mean, there was slavery, for fuck's sake. Um, and, and women previously didn't have the vote. So that part, that's unarguable. That at one point in time, it was very male, better for you to be a male and better for you to be a white in the world in general. Now, the argument on how much that's l- l- levelled out is a complex one, and that's not one that I'm, I'm going to get into. I think it's inarguable that it won't have been solved yet. I think anyone who's anyone who's against feminism, or, 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 or not against, but gets angry about it is when it they feel it's being over exaggerated the state we're in at the moment again i don't know stats on that i think stats are hard to get because stats are always representative of of a pool rather than of the whole it's impossible to get stats of the whole because that's every person in the world in every role um but the way the thing that I, i feel is because of that waiting in the past is at points we do need to go stronger in the direction of of actively seeking out women for roles and people of color for roles and the reason for that the example i came up with is and bear 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 with me on this as a kid you're 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 eight or nine and you've started a gang with your mates and you've got a gang of 20 and when you start it it's all boys because girls smell and girls are rubbish but it's all boys and then you get a bit older and it's a one-in-one-out policy. It's always t- 20 of you. But, but, you know, one of the lads moves away or goes to a different school. And you've got a mate who's a girl who's actually all right. So now there's a girl in the group. And it's it's 19 boys and one girl. And she's she's one of the guys. It's all right. She's good. Girls aren't that bad. And then actually her, her younger sister's all right as well and kind of has to come along. So as one of the other lads leaves. It's now 18 and 2. So it's still heavily in favour of male, and this goes on and goes on, and maybe you get to the point of, of, or, or let's let's leave it at eighteen two for this example. Now you get into your teens, and suddenly you're like, girls are all right. I kind of like girls. They're kind of cool. They've got some good ideas that are outside of my ideas. We'd like to to le- level out the gang a bit, not for equality purposes, but just because it's good to have these other opinions and voices and around that time you know let's say six of your mates are going off to a different a uni they're all going together up to uh, to glasgow uni so you've got six spaces right and the best way to get balance probably isn't to replace it like for like six males for six other males and you know what The best way probably isn't to go 50-50 of equal representation, six males and six females. The better way probably to go, arguably, is to go for six females. And then your group is 12 males, eight girls. It's still not equal yet, but it's a far better mix. You're getting all these different perspectives and ideas. You're getting to hang out with girls, which is pretty cool now. And that's a better solution to a better and quicker solution, rather than saying, well, we've got gaps. We're not all males anymore. We're into equality. So we're going to have three males and three females. No, the better way is to replace at that point is to push, to surge towards getting closer to to, to that equality by weighting it slightly. And, you know, in this situation, they're they're good girls. They're a good bunch of girls. They're all right. So, yeah, I I think that's kind of the example that I I often struggle to articulate um, on the fly. And I was thinking of that earlier, and I thought that's a good way of explaining it. So that's why I think, um, yeah, it's sometimes okay to weight things. I'm not saying that someone who's brilliant for the job should get overlooked for someone who's shit for the job just because of their colour or gender. But if two people are equal, then... I'm up for kind of waiting in the direction that is less represented to kind of gradually start to level things out and to speed up the leveling out of these things. Anyway, this isn't just the Scroobiest Pit podcast. Um, I started to make that point in the podcast and I think I interrupted myself. So anyone who's a regular listener and occasionally gets annoyed that when I'm excited in a conversation, I sometimes interrupt people because I'm excited. Um, I do it to myself as well. I, I genuinely think it's partly down to Uh, my stutter. I think because I'd struggle with with some words and things like that, I do generally just get so excited to get things out that I'll blurt out and sometimes end up interrupting, which is rude. And I try, I'm trying to correct that as best I can. I'm sorry, guys. Anyway, listen to this. I'll be back at the end with a bit of information on a stat that I started to drop and didn't have the numbers on, but I've got more information on now. So this is episode 213 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with Kate Nash. this piece of fiction is the intro to distraction this piece of fiction is the intro to distraction we've
1: been saying let's do this for a while yeah so. yeah
0: really for absolutely good. ages, um, absolutely ages. Um, i'm joined today by kate nash how are you i'm good
1: i'm good, I'm good. we good were just see saying you.
0: how long it's been it's i, I was thinking God. as I was, I was waiting in it, it's probably been seven or eight years i think so too genuinely and that seems like loads <laughs> It's loads.
1: But we're adult now but we're It has adults, been like Seven we? or eight years Since I've seen many people Which is yeah. insane
0: It's just it mad It happens And we are Everyone's kind of It's beautiful because I mean yeah. obviously We're going to talk a lot About Glow Yeah And then we'll rewind back To having just A bit of a reminisce But <laughs> it's mad That everyone in that Kind of group I've had Dockers on And I hadn't seen yeah. her In a few years And Gemma I've seen A few times Yeah but yeah yeah Everyone seems to have just Grown and evolved in, in so many different ways, and it's yeah. so so nice to see because really we all, always kind of felt at the time there wasn't any logic to the grouping <laughs> of people that there it's were. So there true. was you, me, and Dan, or, or me and my pianist. The first time I played yeah. with you and Dockers and the Peggy Sue girls, and yeah. and all of this kind of, and Jack Pignate, and all this. And
1: I know. It's not
0: like everyone was making the same music or it's anything. so But true. it was just...
1: Oh, my God, it's so true. something
0: there that everyone was motivated.
1: Such an interesting scene, because you're right, I've never thought about it like that, but I feel like thinking about it, I thought about this kind of recently just because I get asked about, like, what I think of the music industry now. Yeah. And, like, listening to the radio, I feel... I have to... I've checked with myself so many times I'm like, are oh, you just turning into grandpa Simpson? I'm like, back in my day, you could <laughs> tell the difference between the songs. Completely. Like, I really feel like there's a lack of personality in the mainstream yeah. pop that I'm hearing anyway when I listen to the radio. And I've been in those like I mean, we're jumping straight in here, but I've been in those rooms. Yeah. With producers and songwriters and tried to write for other people and I have written for some people and and it and I behind the scenes it really is is sort of sad as it sounds you know trying to replicate songs that have been number one and one minute you're writing it for this person and the next week it's like oh it's perfect for this person and so you can kind of see that these songs do get passed around yeah and so they don't necessarily have this personality and I feel like we just had this beautiful moment like you said that where it wasn't even about a genre or specifically what someone was doing it was just everyone had such a voice and everyone had such a personality and you could hear it and you'd know exactly who that was or see it and know exactly who that was and that's a beautiful thing that I think is is lacking in somewhat from today's artists and I think some of the artists are trapped in that because it's like the system at the moment but
0: yeah it's it's kind of seen as the only way to succeed and I think you're completely right and I think it was although there was a lot of great things done by people in the music industry and outside, and we'll talk later on about yeah. major label versus the DIY, yeah, yeah, DIY yeah. then versus DIY now, there's huge differences. But Definitely. all of that was happening, I feel, in spite of the music industry. Yeah. Because it was a time where yep. the music industry, in my mind, was probably looking at someone like you or Peggy or any of them, and going, oh, we need a new uh, Lily Allen. And yeah, that was the yeah, thing yeah. that has being bandied about a lot. But what they weren't realising was that was a time where yes lily but also the streets and the arctic monkeys and yeah. all like that were all bringing storytelling and yeah, and, yeah, and witty yeah, yeah. L- lyricism into yeah. music so you were that might have been their kind of idea of who they were yes. getting with kate nash but you were then allowed to go right well actually and again i came up on the spoken word scene so yeah. i saw people like john cooper clark and you guys and all this kind of thing so it was that thing of going right we i'm speaking or rapping but the music (laughs) is different but there's still that desire to tell stories to paint pictures to not just be well yeah uh, how the music industry goes which is bizarre as I go well this worked and the reason
1: yeah Lily
0: Allen worked at that point was because there hadn't been anyone like her in a while yeah 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 so you shouldn't then pick or be looking for people like her
1: and that's what that's the mistake that they make yeah yeah, yeah.
0: that's yeah that's the weirdness of the music industry yeah yeah totally but it, it felt like everyone got to push through that in spite of it and go yeah all right, well, if that's what you think yeah. you're getting, then you can think that all along, but here's what I am and here's yeah, what I'm going to yeah, do. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, totally. So,
0: so how was that for you? In, in, in fact, let's get back to that all at the end, because I want to okay. talk about GLOW, because that's what you're doing at the moment and what you're here promoting. You've you been doing the BBC this morning and yeah. all over the place. How's it been, kind of, as the British character in it, you kind of take <laughs> on the, the, the weight of a lot of the British promo right is that kind of the case that you're then kind of like right we'll we'll get Kate to do yeah all of that side of the pond how's that because that must be I mean an exciting thing it's
1: great it's great I love it uh last year I did it with Alison Alison Brie and Betty Gilpin which was so fun uh Mark was actually here as well Mark Marion was around and we sort of did like we shared things together but this year I think I'm not sure they have. They've sent people over to different areas. I know some of the girls are in New York right now, yeah. and everyone's been all over the place. So, um, quite happy to do the London, Champion. <laughs> yeah, do the London scene, know it well. Yeah, um, and yeah, it's just really cool to be doing a second season. I yeah. absolutely love being part of this show. It's an, a complete like dream come true, honestly.
0: It must have felt um, like amazing t- t- timing when this show came up, and it's, it's something I feel is huge in acting and I started to move over into acting a couple of years ago and the beauty of it is if you've got other things to keep you busy then you can have the resolve to wait for the right thing to come along rather than just something and Glow to me felt exactly that because musically and we'll get we are (laughs) going to go back to music musically you'd very much evolved with the girl gang thing and a very empowering and, and 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 political and outspoken approach and this came along and it's 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 about strong empowering our women. Yeah. But all the way through, like directing episodes and producing and all sorts all the all along the, the production, it's not just Hollywood yeah. going, Well, feminism is quite popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Men in suits going, let's make a yeah. a feminist thing. Because it doesn't have that feel either. It's yeah. quite beautiful that there's people in the group of girls who Shout from different voices of, of feminism, which Definitely. is a key key thing as well. Yeah, intersectional. It's yeah, it has to be so it. easy to think of. Oh, I, I don't like feminism because of this. It's like, well, that's one person's view of feminism. Another person's view, and the the easiest one, and it comes up in 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 glow is is some uh, women feel the um, objectification of mm-hmm. women is 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 male and damages women and others feel that a woman's right and ability to be a sexual being or be Mm-mm. whoever they want to be is their right and is empowering yeah and yeah yeah it's great that stuff like that can come up in a show about wrestling yeah essentially. totally. totally. So, so how was it when that kind of came along and you were were looking at it and going right is this,
1: um, is, this
0: is this something i'm gonna be
1: yeah i mean i heard the cut i did i did a show with genji that was directed by gus van sant and yeah. um, eddie azad starred in it it was a pilot that we shot for a month in near Salem um, about the witch trials and it was so cool but it didn't get picked up we shot for about a month um, and everything seemed really positive and then I was quite heartbreaking when it didn't get picked up but because of that you know I'd met Genji and I met the casting director Jen Houston who was then casting for Genji's new show Glow and I heard about it I think I heard three or four words I literally had like Glow, wrestling, spandex glitter, women and I was like Oh my god! I want to do this so much. I was like, "Oh god!" And um, I just worked really hard to on the audition. I yeah. took it so seriously, and I was just like, "You know, there's 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 a few things. I feel like I, I'm pretty go with the flow, and I feel you know it's different when you're sort of steering a ship a little yeah. bit. There's not like things. I don't feel like in music there's things where I'm like, I need this and I want this. Yeah. There's, I don't know my career's been I suppose maybe because I exploded like very young and really quickly I was like whoa what is this and this feels weird and then I was like okay I need to navigate this so that I can have a career but like I want to be a comfortable human being and fame yeah. isn't I don't know there was lots of things where and I've been doing it for 10 years so I've been able to explore so many things Yeah, of course. <laughs> but like with this this is one of the first things where i ever was like i i just was like this is mine this is mine yeah. and i like want this and yeah. i will do anything to yeah. get it kind of thing you know um not anything but I, <laughs> <laughs> nothing evil yeah. but i i just felt so strongly about it and um and so i worked really hard on the audition and and got the part and i was just like i it was a weird it was like a it just felt so right. Yeah. It felt yeah. so right, and like you said, it weirdly just slotted into my life. Of like, you know.
0: It seemed just yeah. Like it seemed like a perfect fit. I it was remember a perfect fit nerves weirdly when it was coming out because there's always nerves when it's anything that anyone you know is involved in because yeah. if it's shit, that's really awkward <laughs> and you hate that. Um, and also, yeah. I'm genuinely a big wrestling fan, and wrestling fans are really hard. Oh to my believe. god, Sam Duckworth. Yeah. On yeah, my. <laughs> <of course.
1: laughs> when I first told Sam, yeah. I was like. So I've got this audition. It's like kind of a secret, but it's about this show Glow and he was like, "Kate, what are you doing with Glow?" Wait a minute, wait yeah. a minute. And yeah. he suddenly was just like, "You need to take this seriously." I was like, "Sam, don't ever go at me like I am taking it seriously." Yeah. He's like, "No." And then he like sent me like Dropbox files of like that's interviews and Reese, I and I was just like, "Oh my god, these wrestling fans are hardcore." They you know? really
0: are. And that's what I think I I did a film with a Fox this year called Walk Like a Panther and it was its yeah. about wrestling cool. and it was one of them where I feel it didn't totally connect with the wrestling fans that's mm. not anything to do with the quality of the film or anything like that it's just wrestling fans are so yeah, specific are. and you had even more pressure of it being a real thing Glow yeah, yeah, was yeah, yeah. a TV show it totally. was a thing that happened you're, totally. you're delivering history and dramatising yeah. it yeah. Um, and it just seemed to work so well the wrestling fans seemed to be into it yeah. the you didn't have to be a wrestling fan to be yeah, into yeah. it. You didn't have to be. And again, I think the fear of the more ignorant men at the moment is the fear that we're going to get all this woman power stuff. And men, it's it's not for men. It's all for women. That's not the case. The more, the more. Again, I, I'm, I'm, I, I, was, I was discussing this this recently with a mate, saying that it's weird that I'm sitting here now kind of looking at acting projects, and most yeah. of the projects I'm most excited about need to be black yeah. or need to be female. Yeah. And it's mildly frustrating, but I'm sitting there aware that that's been the opposite for yeah. the whole history of TV and cinema. So you can't get mad at that. It's a positive thing. That It's like right now, it's just all it's doing is levelling out.
1: Right, the personal versus the political. Yeah, and that's completely. like, you know, I... I feel that so much with the diversity within my show, yeah, and I'm like, these women are like my sisters, you know what I mean? I care about them so much, and I to me, I also want to make sure that i'm that they're being elevated, yeah from this show, like, and as the show continues to grow that they get more and more elevated and like i feel part of history doing this i don't know that feels more important to me than like how many lines i'm getting or what my i just like feel this role this is so special because we are a real team
0: yeah
1: and i think the fact that we nailed you know we managed to i won't say nailed that sounds too cocky or something but the (laughs) fact that we managed to make wrestling fans happy and wrestlers happy yeah i have has to be because we had Chavo Guerrero involved in the project you know he taught us about wrestling and we didn't know about it you know I mean I did research on my own but it was through Chavo that I learnt to respect the culture I learnt like his family like it's in his blood you know and I just respect the wrestling culture and I'm amazed by it and and also Kia having Kia on the show we had these two like iconic Wrestlers involved in the show, and also the creators made real efforts to. We haven't. This wasn't a show about like making fun of wrestling or not taking it seriously. It's like definitely a group of misfits who has found themselves in a position they didn't expect to be in. Yeah, which is very meta because it's kind of the same for us. I was
0: going to say it's 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 meta throughout as well, and I've watched the first half of of the the second series now, Mm. and the first series is a group of misfits tr- trying yeah. to make this TV show work yeah, yeah. and the second series is oh the TV show's worked now we've got to deliver on Now it. don't let it and fall apart. It. Exactly which is it's beautiful because it's <laughs> l- literally it's what's true. happening in all of you as well so, <laughs> so it makes true. it it makes it all the more engaging to yeah, watch I guess because so you can true. feel that it is a group of girls that at the start didn't all know each other that well yeah. and are from different backgrounds yeah. different experiences <laughs> And then, as it goes on, you do all become this yeah. this team so it's
1: funny what you said earlier about you know like men worrying about women taking all the space yeah because it it's sort of something that women have been taught from day one that 100%. other women will take their space yeah and so it, it's a yeah. total um, myth I mean it's just a fear I guess it's something that people like to incite fear in people but you know we've had to we've had to like carve out the space to not fight each other and go we and I don't mean specifically in glow because I feel like I just mean like in general the past however many years this has been building up to women have had to go do you know what I'm going to support other women like I'm not being competitive against them because there's loads of room in this world and there's just like so much out there now more than ever it feels like and there
0: was previously a culture of bitchiness and competitiveness as as you say (laughs) between uh, women that wasn't necessarily as they're between men yes because they were kind of probably all already getting a seat at the table exactly if if the women feel like they're fighting over the one or two exactly and there's a
1: really big table listen there's a huge table and the more diverse it is the better for the world it is
0: you know um fuck the table the best stuff's going on in the kitchen exactly it's It's true it is is that weird competitiveness to get somewhere that is fictional that's a myth right
1: exactly I think um, – and that's what's exciting about TV right now is because it just feels like there's so much being made and yeah. created and that there's just, like, worlds and worlds out there to for people to explore. I mean, it's a difficult world to get into. But I've sort of chipped away at it for a while and, you know, it's always been something I've wanted to do, never known if it's actually going to come to fruition. Yeah. So now, like you said before, it kind of feels like, okay – like this was supposed to be the role I was going to get and yeah. I wasn't supposed to get the other things yeah. and this is me and this is where I'm supposed to be and yeah, I just, I'm just i just so happy and grateful to be part of such an amazing show of amazing women.
0: It's such a great example as well for people who are going th- th- through that struggle of chasing things that knowing that the right thing will come along ev- eventually. I had an audition recently with, for G- Good Omens, which is, 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 is Neil Gaiman, who's mm-hmm. amazing mm. – and I didn't get it, and he gave me some feedback. Yeah, and I was saying like, my genuine outlook then, and it's again that this outlook is enforced by seeing the perfect role come f- 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 for you in this and things like that. Was I was like, well, I'm glad you I'm glad it, you enjoyed it, but I'm now excited because it's, it's Neil Gaiman. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, there's going to be a, a second season. Yeah, imagine how much better I'll be in a year or two. Yeah, when yeah, that yeah. opportunity comes around again, I will have had more time to yeah, to yeah, find yeah. the right thing, and it feels like. This is that role, it wasn't, there's no looking out of place on screen, there's no looking as if you don't, as if you're not meant to be there, it feels yeah. like that's exactly, you know, yeah. what was meant for you. But again, it's perfect, It's again, it's all meta, because it is, it's the Brit abroad, <laughs> yeah. it's the Brit in with all <laughs> totally. the LA girls, not really knowing and feeling, yeah. you know, a deer in headlights. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So was, uh, how, how has it been? Getting in with all the different girls and and working together and, and making oh, that. Oh, God.
1: It's just, like, the coolest thing. I mean, everybody's so funny.
0: Yeah.
1: And I go to work every day when we're on set and we just laugh. We just laugh so much. Yeah. And it's just, it's like bit after bit after bit after bit after bit. And they fire off of each other. and. Yeah. You know, when we're not like actually on set and shooting, it's just like comedy routine. There's like so much happening, Yeah. and even like in between on set, you know, our energy levels are just kept up by each other, just messing around. And everyone's so perfect. such a good improviser. Yeah.
0: It's perfect because of how long and drawn out those days can be. I know if you're there on like that, sixteen if you're a bit hour with day. Your mates just messing about. Exactly.
1: It's just like the best environment. I feel yeah. so grateful, and then. And then I get to watch them work, and they're just so talented. Um, and I feel like I'm around all these geniuses, and I get to be like, "Oh my god!" Like, look at her, and look at her, and and the camaraderie, and you yeah. know how like I did this move. I did like my biggest wrestling move, yeah. And uh, I was really nervous about it. Me and Brittany Young had this like big move, and we did it. And what, I've got I, I've got footage. I can show you the footage. I want to see
0: what it is. Yeah. I wanna see if I can identify it. Um.
1: Being well, a note. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and I, like, as soon as I hit the mat,
0: yeah.
1: I, like, nailed the move. And all the girls, like, started running towards me. And in wrestling, you know, there's a culture of saying, like, holy shit. Yeah. And, like, yeah, yeah. everyone was on the side of the ring and everyone ran into the ring and they were all just, like, we're all just, like, hugging and screaming. And all the girls yeah. were, like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. And, like, amazing. It was just, like, so amazing to, like, all the creators and everyone, the directors and was just looking at us like, these girls are, this is like a different kind of project because we're just so in it and supportive of each other. Yeah. And we, if we, if we, if you do a scene and the girls aren't there, it's weird. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how I did because there's not like a bunch of girls to be there's like, not
0: a go, that was great. This that was great. Right. This this. Did. Yeah, yeah, because
1: yeah. yeah. we give each other so much feedback and like, it's, it sounds um, like a perfect oh, atmosphere God, I love that it.
0: everyone is in that, that same a, a position. I, mm-hmm. I, I remember when I was doing t- 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 Taboo on the BBC and I'm, you know, I'm getting to work with Tom Hardy and Stephen Graham, and these amazing people, yeah. but they were all confused by the fact that <laughs> I'd just be there watching, even if I didn't have a scene, just because yeah. again, it was that excitement of yeah, I wanted yeah, to yeah. be there and yeah. I wanted t- and to learn, learn because You'd I've learn. not exactly, I've not done mm-hmm. all the drama school and so on and so forth. Yeah. So, it was that excitement, and it ended up going down well. But I can also see how that could go down badly if they're yeah. like if they're all professionals
1: and, they and there's this one that's you. like, look
0: at that, it's exciting. It's He's like, so
1: handsome. Can uh. you just calm down, please. We're trying
0: to to make things work, but it feels great that you've got a whole team who are all like that. Who oh, are like, yeah. let's all be here and let's make this scene work and yeah. be excited if they nail it. Not just okay, we got that. On to the next scene. So
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You got that? I've been working for weeks on that move <laughs> yeah, and I didn't yeah. die. It yeah, shouldn't just be, we've got that, let's move on to the next so scene. It's so true.
1: It's so cool. So, it's so cool to be around it.
0: So how was it, or how has it been? Because I, th- I think it must be different when you're doing press over here compared to in the US. Cause, mm. Because in the US, obviously you toured over there a lot, but it, you didn't, weren't as n- known a name as over yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. Therefore, in the US, they're probably taking you just as an actor. at face value whereas over here I'd imagine you get an awful lot of so how's it transitioning from from music into acting which knowing you from back in the day I seem to remember that you were more acting on the Brit School type thing anyway or more in the drama direction anyway and music almost not pulled you away from that, but that started to go amazingly. So it's yeah. like, all right, I'm a, mu- I'm a musician then. Yeah. I was trying to be an actor, but I've just been told I'm a musician, so now I'll go and well, do it, that.
1: Well, it's been a weird blend for me because I started playing piano at seven years old and like, yeah. writing songs as a kid. Like, And I just loved songwriting. It just was so fun to me and felt so good. And I didn't even realise the, the sort of emotional soul therapeutic connection I had with it, but I just yeah. did it because it felt good. Yeah. Um, and that's, like, really pure, you know, like, that's why we do, we start these things. It just feels good. So, we're like, let's do that. Um, and then I was, like, started acting classes at 14. And I had this, I went to the Brit school for an opening night. I found it online. And I was, like, I'm going to go to this school. And it's in Croydon. And I was from Harrow. And my mum and dad were, like, no, you're not. And But they were, like, <laughs> well they're very supportive parents. So, they were, like, we'll go to the opening night with you. And, yeah check it out but my mum and dad said they were like you know she's not gonna go to Croydon every day for school it's ridiculous so far and um and then we went to this open evening and it was just like I was like I'm going here this is it it was amazing and my mum and dad were really impressed by it as well and just all the students are so friendly and that teacher seemed amazing and like the art the work that they were doing and they yeah. they they got behind me on it and they were like okay you can let's do this um and I just, I had it, I'd gone to see the music and theatre departments mm-hmm. and I just had this gut feeling. I was like, I want to do theatre. I just feel like that's where I'm supposed to be, yeah. which felt a little out of the blue then because yeah. I was m- much more like, you know, doing grades, music, studying music at school, performing compositions at, in, in school concerts yeah. and stuff. But I just wanted to pursue the acting. And I'm so glad I did because I feel like that shaped the songwriter that I am. Yeah, the theatrical completely. background, like you're saying, the storytelling. Yeah. It made me comfortable with myself, it put me in touch with myself in a different way. It was so creative and so raw and naked. You know, theatre is a very naked thing to do. Yeah, completely. Um, and that just gave me what I needed to then write the songs and that I write now. And um but then yeah, you know, as you said, I was like, okay, so I'm gonna be an actor. I was very set on this path. I'm going to drama school, so my friends were going to drama school. I wanted to had universities as backups. And I just got rejected from everything, even my oh, wow. safety university, you know, like
0: Damn.
1: I was working in Nando's and I think, you know, the universe just decides sometimes when you're not going to do something because yes. that would have maybe sent me on the wrong path. And, Completely. and so I broke my foot, fell down the stairs, broke my foot, got my last rejection letter, worked in Nando's and I was thinking, this isn't cool. <laughs> this isn't exactly what I planned. And all my friends are like drama school, university or whatever they're doing and, I'm like serving chicken and, um, I just wanted to to grab my life back. Yeah. Um, you know, which sounds dramatic, but I was a teenager, so it was dramatic, you know, and, and I, I went, I actually had like a crazy, I I sort of get my timeline a bit blurred because I had a heart condition and I had this heart surgery as well around that time. Um, which was a big risk to my life and this crazy laser surgery and, um, and that I skipped over for a few years because I, because it was so just normal and quite private for me. But I think that was a big effect on why everything was quite, like, intense and why I didn't yeah. waste time. Because I'd already Massive had...
0: motivation, right? To, to, to yeah. have that at a young age go, exactly. oh, this could all be over tomorrow, by exactly, the way. yeah. You get told that all the time, but just to have it really... I was going to say drilled into you but lasered into you (laughs) lasered off you literally this could end any second make you go all right. well let's let's get on with this I was like yeah let's yeah
1: exactly and I look back now and I'm like of course that affected me but in in a way I was a bit desensitised to it Um, but so that happened and then I also spent a summer at Edinburgh Fringe Festival yeah and, I mean, I recommend that for any...
0: People moan at me for going on about it so much on the podcast. Like, I've only been oh, two or I three times, it. but it's the most m- motivational it's place so in the world. It's so motivating,
1: and it's just so free, and there's so much going on. You just, like, get inspired by unexpected things. The,
0: the only problem I have with it is how inspirational it is at times. So mm. I'll be watching a show, and if something twigs an idea ten minutes in, yeah. I'm thinking off on all these tangents. Go. It's I, go. Like, I need to Get me out of here. I enjoy <laughs> the art that's here. But yeah. it's such an inspirational, it's environment place. It's really inspiring.
1: So that all happened around the same time, and then I was like, "Okay, I'm going to start a MySpace account." Whilst mm-hmm. I've got this broken foot, I'm going to record these songs. My mum and dad bought me my first electric guitar. I got a white one because Jimi Hendrix had a white guitar, and I was like, it was like sixty quid from like Mill Hill Music rehearsal space, and I was going to write songs and upload them as soon as my foot was healed. My deal was like, I'm going to make my MySpace live. And book my first gig when my foot is healed, and so that was my time Amazing. limit. Yeah, and so I think that kind of just like was the, you know, that's what I needed to like make it happen. It's got the pressure there. I there isn't kind of I'll exactly. do it at some point.
0: It's like here's here's I could have put that happening. off for
1: years. You know, or
0: even the restriction of I can't do it now. Yeah, that's that's got to be a, a massive motivator because yeah, if, yeah, it, yeah, if yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. case of. I'll book a gig tomorrow. You might have done that gig. It's not gone well. Exactly. Oh, this isn't for me. Whereas I can't do it now. I'm going to get really ready. Yeah. So when I can do it, yeah. you do. You did seem to then appear as a finished a, a product. Yeah. You yeah, had yeah, Sound, songs, a look, all, all, yeah, all this running yeah. all at once. But I guess that's because you'd been sitting there with your, your foot, foot up, just kind of I going, mean, I'm going to build all this. It was
1: just really natural. Like I just wrote these songs literally in, you know, my mum and dad's living room. And. I was wearing vintage dresses because who wasn't in 2006 and seven? I yeah. was like, oh, wow, I don't have to wear, like, the jeans that don't fit me yeah, in yeah, River yeah. Island and make me feel bad. And, like, I can just, like, wear a different style. And, like, I was at the Brit school. Everyone's, like, artsy and interesting. And, um, and we were just, like, running around London being mischievous. And Gemma was living on Brick Lane and, you know, like, I had such good friends. Like, we were – me, Gemma and Laura were running around yeah. London – Doing our own thing and meeting all these characters that we are, and up doing everything as
0: well. Again, I think that's the big motivation. Is if yeah. you've got friends who aren't going, you probably can't do that. Mm-hmm. If you've got friends who are going, all right, let's try that. Yeah, it's that. It's that, and it's fun it's to that, do it that together. Exciting youth, it's yeah. Of like, let's just do it. Let's, yeah, let's put on a gig.
1: Oh my god, we put on this uh, terrible gig in South London with this guy who like found the three of us, interviewed us, wanted to put us on for this night, which was in this. I can't remember what venue it was. It was like a big venue and no one came. Yeah. And it was, he was a scammer and he tried to not pay us. And then he was trying to kick me off stage whilst I was playing. And I was like playing Dickhead. And we all just like had like a fight afterwards in the streets of Brixton. And it was, you know, it was just really. I mean, it was just, like, fun London youth, like, nightlife yeah. experience whilst we were all trying to do our own. Me and Gemma, like, snuck into tea in the park. We got the mega bus up there for a pound. Amazing. Like, she brought the worst recorder ever. And I brought a crap digital camera. And that was, like, we were being pressed backstage somehow. And, yeah. you know, she's trying to sneak interviews with people. She's totally scamming her way in Cause there.
0: Because when I, Gemma, when I said to her, she was the one that for years, I didn't actually know what she did. I knew <laughs> yeah. she did stuff, yeah. but she was doing... Fashion, she was doing the art direct, she was, she was a doing this was
1: major like, blagger. I know that
0: Dockers was doing poetry yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. like that, and drawing, and mm. you were singing and this. But I was like, I, I know, Gemma, I don't know what yeah. she, she's I here mean, though. But that she was did here. always want to do
1: radio, she was always doing little bits of radio. She's, but it was yeah. like fitting in, Gemma was like, I'm gonna find like whatever I can get into that keep kind of the same and thing, try them thing all of, out, them all out the float key. along until she like got her you know, a moment in radio and then just like has flourished since then. I I
0: remember, or or still, uh, today I'll get a lot of messages and emails or whatever on social media saying, "Yeah, how do I start a poetry night or how do I get into the music scene or whatever else? And that was the question that wasn't being asked Yeah, by by that crowd then. Yeah. Just Just do it. it. You weren't saying how. Just do it. Let's try it. Well, I found out you can't do it that way because yeah, that night yeah, was awful. Yeah. Yeah, 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 So yeah. let's try it this way. Rather than trying to you get just instruction to do it. manual. And
1: I think going deep end and going in the cold water and like don't know what you're doing. I, when I did my first gig, I didn't know how to plug in my keyboard. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I mean, I sort of did plug it in. But I didn't like know what I was doing, I you know. Think, yeah. I was nervous about all those things. And, it's the
0: illusion that yeah. everyone knows what they're doing. And you, you learn assume, as you go. If you've seen... Kate Nash on MySpace, yeah. so she's got a lolly. So you assume she knows, right? She's got it all figured out. It's like, oh
1: my god! I remember we went to Renault Electric Cleo. Gardens Festival. It was so funny. We drove up in Claire's Renault Clio, my yeah. sister's Renault Clio. We all crammed all this gear: Jay, me, Jay, Helen, Claire, a keyboard, a drum kit. But I don't know how we did that. We drove, stayed at my nan's house. Got there, you know. I didn't know what tech spec was. What's the stage plan? I don't know what that is. Had no idea what we were doing. The guy, because I was so honest, I was just kind of like, I really don't know what I'm doing. Like, I need help. He took a like into that. He said, loads of people just act like they know what they're doing and they don't. So he kind of preferred that we were just like, all right, he's like, I like you guys. I'm going to help you out. Um, And yeah, you learn as you go along. And and it's so fun to do that. Do you know what? The other thing I've just realized is MySpace was like the only, I think MySpace was one of the most incredible things that's happened ever. Because if you think about it, it really was like, in my lifetime, anyway, the only free rain world that has existed, yeah. where it wasn't run by advertisers, it wasn't run by labels, it was run by kids. Mm-hmm. That is, I mean, Tom from MySpace started it. Yeah, but <coughs> who had the power on MySpace? Kids. Yeah, and I think about that now. and I'm like, of course, that's why it's di- why it died. They took that down because,
0: and, and it was pre the kind of s- cynicism that comes. We have a lot of social media now. Yeah. I genuinely felt yeah. MySpace seemed to be... Everyone was just it's excited about shit. And you would just yeah. go on someone's
1: page and you'd find, you know, oh, they've got Scroobius Pip, what's this? I'm going to click on that. Yeah. Scroobius Pip, oh, what's who's his top eight? Like, I'm going to check this out. Okay, I like this artist. And you discover so much music it's and no one, had, no one had no one control over it. And, and like, they don't... You know, that's why, like, they, it doesn't exist anymore because advertisers and money and profit and all that, like, wants to have control over everything because... God forbid, like, kids are actually making decisions for themselves. Like, you know, it yeah. was, like, such an exciting time to yeah. be around because I it, it just was a blip. And yeah. it, it meant so many careers happened because of that amazing blip.
0: Completely. I remember the first time I played with you, it mm. was supporting you. I'd, I'd been offered. I could either support J- Just Jack, who was oh, in the yeah, charts at the Jack. time. Oh, yeah, Just yeah, yeah. Or Kate Nash. And I, I'd i heard of you and I just went on my space. Yeah. And I think I... S- shit song and birds I think, or the two i heard i was like i like them
1: cool
0: we'll take that gig and at that point it was similar i had four or five songs and that yeah. was it and the pianist i was working with i was like i was working on a new track and we decided it'd either get us kicked out or go down well and we just i got him to play shit song and i did the beat them i,
1: if, I remember this at the
0: time it didn't have a beat at all so that's I the first I time i remember it that and I was like, I, "Like we'll end on it. And either people will like it or people will be like, fuck yeah. you, you prick. And it, it went down well. Yeah. And we ended up, I, I realised as well the other day, the first video I ever uplo- uploaded to YouTube was a phone video oh of your gig at the Old Blue Last where you got me up to do
1: oh, my no links way. over
0: shit so And we did it back, like, we'd never oh. practice it. The only yeah, other yeah, time yeah. I've done that since is with Amanda Palmer. So it's always oh, wow. good, powerful. That's so
1: cool, pianists. <laughs> you know? I love that. But
0: yeah, I I'd, I'd completely got. And the the quality is appalling. But yeah, it was just <laughs> of out of the blue. Like, I was what just phone there. Was that? Yeah, it was like a proper Nokia, Nokia 3210. <laughs> yeah. all day long. And,
1: oh, uh, I miss the days. It was so simple, <laughs> oh, it was not it? So fun. It was
0: so fun. So let's kind of let's, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, let's bring a big sh- a sh- a shadow over that then how was it when it developed <laughs> and you kind of, you, yeah. you blew up? Because I remember...
1: It is, do you know what, though? It's really nice to talk about this and, like, just talking about those days, I forget how fun that was. Yeah. I really do. It's amazing
0: fun because, as, so much, because the problem with the music industry is mm. as soon as you start to get into it, mm. you start to lose the perspective they crush of the yourself. You wanted to get into it. Yeah, completely. <laughs> you, I remember talking to you, or, or, or you, you, Adele, and, 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 and Jack were three people each that when your albums came out, mm. I kind of just made the point of just saying, how fucking great is it that you've got an album out? Because yeah, all yeah, of yeah. you before your albums came out are blown up. Therefore, you're now in the in the well yeah, of, yeah, yeah. where is it in the charts? Is it higher than that person? Is yeah, it lower yeah, than that yeah. person? Is this single higher than that? And not actually going, I've got a CD in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. HMV. Yeah. Like, I can go in and buy that and yeah. it's mine. And that, that gets lost so quickly. And it's yeah. easy to lump that on major labels. I don't think it's that. It's major labels, it's indie labels, it's... It's the industry in general. So the pressure. So how was that? Because it must have been hard. Because I remember seeing. Mm. I remember you don't even know this, but I argued with a, one of your label people once. Did you? Because we did a gig with you at Brixton. I think it was an XFM thing, and they you would smashed me. it. Like you like, 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 like you were headlining it, I think. And but all the oh. all the dressing rooms are, are shared. And they were kind of having a go at you at the end because you, or Jay probably, had started (laughs) the wrong version of the current single, like a remix version or something like that. And they were giving you a a bollocking. And you ended up just running off into the crowd. And I kind of said to her at the time, I was like... God, I don't even remember this. It was amazing. I remember it clearly because it was like Um. just looking at them and going, you're talking to an 18 or 19-year-old girl who's just been number one or number two or whatever Mm -hmm. in the charts... And you're telling them... Like, you shouldn't... If you're an 18-year-old and you've had a number one, you shouldn't be able to be told off for anything for, like, a year. That should be a rule. <laughs> you should be able to go, look, all right, you've written that yourself, you've done that yourself. Yeah. But it's the pressure of... of well, the, your mum should I be able of, to tell uh, you off, but yeah, you're, these, oh, obviously like, your parents and your mates, are coming in
1: and getting money off you... Exactly. But, yeah. again,
0: the, the, that's the weird thing, and that's the thing I want to kind of talk about, is Let's the weirdness of the music industry is... the From what I've seen, because I saw similar with a plume of faith at points just mm. seeing her label just getting angry over the smallest things and they're all lovely i'm not having a go at anyone but yeah, it's yeah, that yeah. problem of if you sign an indie deal you've got a f- far less marketing you've got far it's less push pressure, yeah. but you've got more control yeah. and less pressure if you sign a major label deal yeah. they've given you a fuckload of money yeah so whilst it is shit that they're feeling the they can have a say, they've kind of paid for that right as well. Yeah, so it's yeah, kind yeah. of not a deal with the devil, but there's there's ups and downs on it. Yeah. I can see where well, annoyance, the evils of major labels, but yeah. I can also see it's like, well, if they've gone, here's however many thousands, thousands of pounds, yeah, yeah. they've kind of got some right to have some kind of say right. They've kind of bought that right in a way. Yeah. Do you feel that or do you feel that's... I
1: feel, I mean, I feel... Mm, what do I feel about that? <laughs> I feel like artists are the thing that they're selling. They're the cool, they're, they're the cool thing. Yeah. They're making, and I'm not even talking about myself. I'm not like, I'm the cool thing. I'm actually looking at, because my perspective has all been totally affected. And I've gone, I've through the eye of the needle the last few years on that and come out the other side. Thank God. And many people don't. And I think it's a very manipulative, manipulative industry. I think it's killed many artists. Yeah. So I don't have a lot of sympathy for them.
0: Yeah, And no, I, get I that.
1: don't... I feel like it's this weird thing where they have also got to have a responsibility for the life and mental health of their artist. And yeah. they sh- they and they don't hugely. take that responsibility. And they that's, don't.
0: That's, I mean, let's talk about that more because that's a huge thing. Because,
1: yeah, okay, y- you're, y- gi- you're giving me a load of money mm-hmm. and I'm going to work for you. But I'm working for you to sell myself. Yeah. And you don't give a fuck about me, but you're yeah. going to profit off me. Yeah, completely. and then you're going to drop me and use that money to like work somebody else, like whatever, like completely. go home, get another job. It, sh- get it a new should car. be the
0: investment in belief in the artist, not in controlling the artist, right? right? Exactly. Saying here's the money, we believe in you, let's make this big. Not where's, where's here's the, the money, picture? we're going to change it. Where's the
1: bigger picture? Yeah. You know, let artists develop, let them change, let them experiment, let them have a career. You know, I think that. If I was working with a younger artist now and I was coming from a different viewpoint of like the business side, I feel like I have a lot of young artists around me who like ask me for support and help and are in my life and have a relationship with. And I'm like, first and foremost, I care about them emotionally Mm -hmm. because I know that there's not many people around them that probably do.
0: Yeah.
1: But if I feel like I was coming at it, I'd be like, "Look, you know, if you look, it just it seems so weird. It's like if someone's grabbing onto you, like if I'm holding your hand like this, Mm -hmm. you're like, you want to pull away, and you're like, like, get off me.' If I don't do that, you're not running away from me. Yeah, yeah. So why isn't there more of a like give and take of like, okay? I mean, life's just sped up to such a like a a pace that we can't keep up with. We we cannot keep up with it.
0: Industry as well, if you're looking at you're chasing chart position yeah. after chart position. And, and then, you oh, know, why don't you let oh, someone do you... something
1: weird for a while? Yeah. Do a record that's not going to be in the charts. You know what? Exactly. This is going to be good for you. Get out there, tour it, just work on the relationship with the fans. If your fans love you, they're probably, you know, if it's a good, if it's, good what, if it's good songs, even if it's not commercial, let's like do that for a while. Yeah. And, then, and then maybe come back and we'll do, or maybe we'll do, you know, what, I just like, don't know why they work, work on compromise. Like, Completely. But they don't treat you like an adult. Um, so you, it's hard to react as one. That's why I did find myself like running off sometimes yeah. and having not knowing what to do and having these breakdowns. And you shouldn't be
0: put in that, that, that kind of... You're so young. ...pressure and, and situation. I always remember... It's just like, um, weird. At ...Sage Francis talking about... Um, I was a big fan of his before I started music and he announced he was taking a couple of years off and I was gutted. And then I saw the reason was he had to go and live a bit yeah. to have more to write about.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: I loved that. I was like, yeah. right. So you know that you could get yeah. record sales and tour money yeah. if you release something now, but you need to go away and live. But people
1: now feel so much pressure; they have to just constantly release. Yeah. And so that's why there's like rooms full of songwriters writing for them because you can't even like do that anymore for yourself. No. No. But um, I have to say, like the main thing that's been helpful for me is if you can see that. And, and this applies to, I think, everybody now because we all have this. We all have this AI in our yeah. hands. We all have a phone. We all have Instagram. Most of us have Twitter. We all have, like, everyone can have a platform and can be yeah. close to fame. And so what you have to understand is, like, fame is a bottomless pit and you'll never fill that cup.
0: Truly, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: So you'll never be satisfied by that. You can always be more famous. You could always get more likes. You can always get more attention. You, someone's going to be better than you, bigger than you, more famous than you. Get more, you know, get... Whatever it is, like it's not gonna, there's no full. You don't, yeah, you don't fill the cup and go, and, I did it, I'm satisfied. Uh, like, and,
0: and the quicker you realize that, the better. I yeah. remember seeing an interview with uh, Matt Damon, and he was saying how he was really, uh, he felt really grateful in the end that yeah. he won an Oscar so early for Goodwill Hunting, yeah, because he, he went out and partied that night or whatever, and then he got home and he was literally he put it on the side in the toilet. And realised it didn't that nothing had changed. Yeah, and it yeah, didn't yeah. didn't mean anything. Yeah. So it then meant he could have a career where he's just enjoying it and chasing yeah. the artistic yeah. r- drives yeah. rather than simply, yeah. oh, I want to get that award or this award. Because totally, that's these what you're targeted at- to towards. Are,
1: are, they're so political anyway. But yeah. um you know, I think that and also this highlight, like you said, on on diversity, it's like Who doesn't have a seat at the table? Who doesn't even get a look-in? Yeah.
0: Um,
1: And that's, you know, that's why intersectional feminism is so important. It's not just about white women. It's not just about my right to be here. It's not... There's so many people that need to be at this table that don't even... That are going through more than I can even know about because it's not my experience. So breaking all of this down and and realising what really matters is like... a kept me sane and be given me so much perspective, made me so grateful for what I have, refreshed my career. I love what I do. I love playing shows. I love making music. I've gone through some very rough times. Um they've shaped me. And I'm here for a reason and I have glow for a reason. And um it's all just given me, you know, I, like I have such a beautiful family and friends and yeah. animals and I can appreciate those little things and I and put the time in my life to to appreciate those which when it's all a taking that
0: time has to be key right
1: it's like whether you're forced to or you choose to it so depends on like i don't know you can lose like you said the not being able to go that's so cool i've got a cd yeah and now i've been doing this 10 years and i'm like i just went on tour in america i've done that like so many times and i just like couldn't believe it was so funny i was in denver and i'm looking out and i'm like. I just can't believe that I'm from Harrow. I'm watching people from Denver sing lyrics to my music. It's just nuts. It's It's still mad, and it is mad. And you should never lose that. That is just so exciting. It's like Christmas, you know. Like I I can't believe this. I'm meeting people in Salt Lake City who have a relationship with me that I don't know about. You know, and that is the beauty of music. And that I think is why we are. We're searching for. For me, I'm searching for connectivity. I'm searching to connect with someone and have this feeling of relating to them and sharing yeah. a feeling. I mean, I, I had this girl... I hope this isn't all over the place. So my cocky, no. coffee's kicked in and I'm, like, emotional. So it's This like, is how my
0: podcast <laughs> uh, works. I, I plan them out <laughs> I hope really...
1: hope sense. C-
0: ...clearly, and then I ignore my notes. As you've right. seen, I've not looked at my notes once. <laughs> yeah. I ignore them and we just go all over the right. place. That's how it works.
1: Um, there was this girl I met in Denver. I'll never forget her. She was standing at the front i mean denver was one of my favorite shows ever it was just it wasn't even the most packed show or anything or the loudest but everybody there was such a kate nash fan Yeah, i yeah, could yeah, tell yeah, they yeah. dressed for the show they there was these two asian women at the front who looked sort of angry and like they didn't want to be there they were all hunched over and like i could tell they were just like oh my god they probably didn't like going to shows but they had made their own t-shirts with my lyrics on and That's i just amazing, i was right? like oh you're just Put yourself through being out in this gig that you clearly don't want to be at just to, like, be here. That's amazing. And then there was just all these characters dressed up in certain ways. And there was this one girl, and she had an Alaska headband on. And I noticed her. She was just so cute. I have such, like, outsider special fans. Yeah. Um, And we met in the car park after the show. and And she was... Actually, the first thing that Emma, my bassist, said when we got off stage was that girl was crying so much during the nicest thing i actually wanted to run down and hug her yeah um she said it was a different kind of crying and we met in the car park and she said she told us that her and her sister were like massive fans of me and it was like part of their relationship and they'd always wanted to come and see me together and her sister had died a couple of years ago and nicest thing was her favorite song and she was from alaska and her grandparents lived in denver so oh, she wow. drove to denver to come to the show because she knew she had to be there for her sister and i was like that is why i'm doing this mm. you know it's not any of the other stuff
0: and 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 you're getting to experience all of that because of being kind of aside from the industry a bit if if yeah. it feels like now from doing the kickstarter approach oh, yeah. and things like that um just wanted to touch again on we you were saying earlier about the pressures put on on, on people in the music industry yeah. but I think it is greater on, on women and the fact is y- y- you and me standing on the street it's a well known fact that that the mouse su- suicide rate is far higher yeah. than female it's, it's, it's two thirds I think yeah. I haven't got my exact stats but within the music industry it's that the biggest flips, killer
1: of men isn't it it's the
0: biggest killer of men Yeah, and it's again it's far something more prevalent in men yeah it's more than road accidents everything oh, but in the so music sad. industry it flips mm. and a, the suicide rate of women is far higher than the suicide rate of men. Mm. And that was something I only learned recently from Eddie Temple Morris, who I've worked with at Calm for years and things like that. But do you think there is that extra pressure? Because women in the industry aren't only, particularly in your area of the industry, where you're not just a pop star, you're the writing and creator. So not only have you got the pressure of being a writer and a creator and a musician and playing your instrument... But you've also got to be s- sexy, and you've also got to say the right things, and appeal mm. in all these ways that a lot of bands don't, or a lot of m- male-fronted bands don't particularly have to. There's not, yeah. there's not pressure on just picking them out of my head on Mumford and Sons yeah. to be sex symbols or anything else. No, not many people are going to say horrible th- or derogatory things about them. Whereas any f- female vocalist, if she come does a show and isn't uh, looking. To the standard that people would want. Or, you know, in a pop world, yeah. maybe more. Then people comment online or on social <laughs> media and say, oh, look, oh, you look shit, or whatever I'm else. Just, like,
1: I'm just laughing because I just feel like I'm just such a scruff as well. It's, like, so funny that I was put in that position and, like, I had no idea it was going to hit me. But it's just, like, I think that's why people also liked me because it was real and yeah. I was, like, a teenage girl with acne and, like, yeah. you know, wearing what they were wearing and just kind of, yeah. But anyway, the other pressure, But did you feel that...
0: Once you were in it, though, because you came in 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 oh my god, in, god I was in, running in that away world, from paparazzi. and then all of a sudden you were at the forefront of things. Mm. So there is that pressure, and even just personally, mm. everyone likes we 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 shy away a lot these days, or we put any level of 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 pride or anything like that down as arrogance, or Kardashians, or obsession, right. or whatever else. But it's nice personally to feel nice as well and and I'm not saying that has to be slim or pretty or anything else but it's nice to feel nice within yourself I feel better (coughs) if I've got up and showered and got dressed and put on a nice shirt than if I'm sitting around in a t-shirt and feeling grotty and feeling rubbish so how was all that to kind of come into it as the kind of the counterculture the alternative to how how women can be then having such pop success you then Mm. kind of get some pressure Oh but you do need to fit into our mold as well.
1: Yeah. I felt very rebellious towards it. I'm the yeah. middle child, I'm a redhead, I'm very stubborn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I would be like so I would rebel against that. Yeah. It was just natural for me to rebel against that. Um was dif- I was emotional about it and like being bullied, you know but I didn't succumb to it because I just kind of felt like I knew it was wrong and I was angry about it. And I wanted to be there for my fans that like, you know, I just wanted to be there for the other, like normal, I wanted to be normal. I just wanted to be like, I'm like everyone else. I'm not going to be this like perfect mold. And I don't think that like music has to be about that. Yeah. Um, And so I kind of rebelled intentionally against that, but it was, like, so natural. I didn't, like, plan it. I was just be, like, on the day, I'd be like... I remember it would just come over me, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. But, you know, we have to learn how to value ourselves and love ourselves, and sometimes that happens when you hit rock bottom and you go, why have I been doing these patterns in my life? Like, why have I ended up in these relationships? Or you know where I've, what, I've been kind of fighting myself in certain ways and and I think that like I've had to look at myself and really realize how little I valued myself and I wonder right. is that because I've been in abusive relationships is that because I've been bullied by the media what would I be like without that I don't know but what would any of us be if we were just like going up in like the woods yeah <laughs> and no didn't know about media and know about the pressure to look, what beautiful or ugly was, you yeah, know? Yeah. No one told us what those things were. Like, how would we all be different? I mean, we'll yeah. never know that. But um, I think I try to fight my urge to criticise myself every day. Right. Um, and I realise that that's in all of us. Um, but, yeah, I don't even know what the question necessarily no, was. But it's, we've well. gone off on a wonderful route. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. an
0: interesting one because you're then, you're, I yeah. mean something I wanted to talk about was your change in s- s- sound and direction and, s- mm. and style and things like that and it's a weird thing when you yeah. do have a spotlight on you from when you've literally first started r- writing songs and making music. And
1: first music. started like having your own
0: style which yeah. is going to be s- different So When s- s- I saw things start to change I was like yeah. oh you've got into hole and Bikini Kill and this yeah, coming yeah, which yeah. is, that's dope that's, yeah, what, that's, yeah, yeah. that's absolutely fine but if you've got a certain area that are saying no you need to be in yeah. a vintage dress and be twee or whatever else then
1: yeah
0: how is that and how did you again my instinct would be that you would be someone who at first would r- rally against how you, you you used to sound and maybe do you know what I mean not not, <laughs> yeah. not be against made of bricks but maybe want to step away from that yeah. whereas now a bit more gr- gr- grown up embracing it all em, 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 embracing the yeah. early you the, yes. uh, the current you all of it together rather than because yeah. we all have that kind of I always remember hearing uh, Noel Gallagher s- slagging off his early music and as a, a fan at the oh, time no. as a teen I was like what's wrong with you it's yeah, brilliant yeah, 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 yeah,
1: you
0: go through those periods where you're sick of a I certain think, song
1: yeah I mean I just feel like it's also just to relate it to kind of everybody who's listening who isn't yeah. necessarily a musician it's like think about when you're 18 you're a teenager you're carving out identity it's, you're obsessed with it you're like these are the posters on my wall yeah. this is what I wear these are the people I hang out with this is what I do on the weekend and this is what I think the way the world should be and like you, you know that's how it's going to be forever yeah. then you get into your 20s and you're like I'm an adult now yeah. and I'm just
0: an adult I can't believe I thought all that stuff
1: right and I'm like <laughs> oh my god I'm 23 I'm so grown up like I live on my own and I know everything and then your world gets blown up like a thousand times in yep. your 20s And you rebel against yourself, like, constantly. You just keep being like, oh, I'm going to, like... I have different friends, I have different life experience, I have different relationships, I have different clothes, my body's different, I feel different, like, I have different goals, I... just everything. Um, And apply that, then, to me being in the public eye and the music industry. And I like to just put a bomb in things sometimes, blow it up, because not to be self-destructive I don't think but just to, to to be like fuck you to anyone who's like telling me, I've always had a problem with someone telling me what to do, yeah. I really have like it's just like in, it's like I'm a stubborn child, um, ask my mum <laughs> but but I think that for a reason in this industry I have I look back and I, I still, I think that's fucking great, I'm like yeah. good you know I'm glad I set the fire alarms off at that big event because yeah. they were all cunts there like yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's kind of funny that I was like having this angst through these like big things, and and um, you know my label telling me off and of me being like "fuck you," I'm yeah. running away. I'm like, great, okay, good. Yeah. I should have fucking done I'm that. Right, good for you. And uh, yeah, I I definitely are now. You know, I never hate. I never like hated my music or. Hated myself, but I was definitely shamed for who I was. I was right, talked yeah. to in a very condescending way by the media, by yeah. people in the industry. I was made a joke of, I was made fun of um a lot, and I felt really self conscious about that and that was part of the reason I went to America is because I felt very embraced there yeah it wasn't people in America aren't like like i don't know there's not like this sort of like make fun of people. In the same way, culture, it's more like, oh, oh love- you're an artist, I respect that.
0: Oh, we love to build them up and, and knock, knock them down. Knock them down, that's what here. we do. So it's we kind love of, doing and, that. And everyone forgets that if you start to be the person being built up. Because it's great to be built up, right? You, you know, it's lovely when people are like, oh, you're great. And it's like,
1: yeah. oh, really? But like, I feel like for me it was in a really turn. homegrown, beautiful way at first where we were doing all these yeah. gigs that were growing and yeah, growing and yeah, growing. Yeah. I've, I've, I don't think I've ever been... I like to think I've never had a huge ego. I have an ego. I'm human. Of course. Um, I've always had my sisters and my mum to like, as soon as that starts flaring, they keep me in line, you know? Perfect. Um, I mean, I'm a Nash. I can't, I I get brought down by the Nashes quicker than anyone else could. put me back on my you know if I ever started yeah. to, I remember having arguments with my sister Helen because she'd be like you're acting like a dickhead and I'd be like what we, you know you. and then I was like okay well maybe I am like my sister <laughs> is telling me that and I would like listen to my family um, and I've made mistakes obviously but for me I never had comfort with I never stood in front of paparazzi and felt I love this I, and you look back in photos I, I look uncomfortable yeah, yeah, I still sure. look like oh my god yeah. I don't feel comfortable here still something that makes me nervous I didn't I would run away from paparazzi. I, yeah. I, I was scared of that world. And I always felt bad there and like I could not fit in. But it was like at gigs, you know, yes, I want to do the biggest shows I could do because I have huge, like, production ideas. I have amazing yeah. stage ideas. I, I like, I'd love to see that grow more and more as I get older. But um, the fame always made me uncomfortable. Um, but, you know, as I have gone through all of this turmoil... And then I got glow. It's just so intertwined. Because are you are you into like astrology or anything?
0: Yeah, a bit. Oh, I, 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 I I've, I've, I've I've read on it. I'm no expert, right. and I'm not completely sold on everything. But yeah. Go ahead.
1: Well, I am because I mean, not day to day crappy horoscopes and yeah. stuff. But <laughs> yeah. we are all just like you know atoms basically like we're just matter we are physical matter and that vibrates and if you put a spoon over a flame it gets hot why because all of the particles vibrate yeah and that's why a spoon gets hot if you put it over a flame so to me to think that we are like we're in a big ball that's floating in the middle of nowhere in space yeah that's mental That's crazy that is insane yeah so i'm game for anything really that like people have as beliefs (laughs) but to me science and planets and magnets yeah. and where the earth is you know when you're born being pushed and pulled by different planets that are in orbit that come back into that same orbit and vibrate me in the same way that when i was born i that makes so much sense to me because yeah. i am i don't think i'm more than just physical matter you know Completely, yeah. um and i'm affected by space i my period is connected to the moon. You're yeah. going to say I'm um, 60, 70% water. The moon controls the tide. I don't know, to me it makes so much sense. Yeah, so I got my Saturn in return red right before I got glow and I was having all these weird, oh my god, people You got your watch, sorry. It's called Saturn in return. That's when you're okay. usually about 27 to 30. Yep. That's why those years are like very turbulent. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, for most people and you usually get a pull of things that were in your earlier years come into your life in like a weird rush right wow and all these people were creeping up i mean i was getting freaked out by how much they were coming out i was yeah. like, I can't deal with this so that's why i spoke to my friend who can read charts and he yeah. and it's quite cool because he's not very he's not like very fairy yeah, yeah, dick, yeah, yeah he's yeah. very like man of math and man of science but yeah. he's like this all makes it. total sense it's like physics like this is science yeah let me tell you what's going on with you and he read my chart and it, it just helped me kind of go, oh my God, this is like my personality. This all makes so much sense. And he was like, Saturn in return, it doesn't fuck about. It's going to be very literal. It's going to shock you how literal it is. This is going to bring you back to your roots. Right. That day I went to Hair and Makeup and Glow and they said, we're going to we're gonna dye your hair red. And I was like, <laughs> that could not be more fucking literal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I'm going back to my roots. Yeah. And it was really emotional having my hair dyed red. And I realized how much I like, how how much I'd been affected by that bullying. Yeah. Because dyeing my hair and, like, playing bass and, like, changing things and gave me confidence to, like, get away from the girl that had been, like, treated really badly in relationships and yeah. by the business. To
0: feel like a different character or to become a different character as such yeah, and not it, have to associate who you are now with yes, who they were picking on. It
1: wasn't quite that extreme, like, character-wise. I never felt like that, but it was definitely, like, I don't want to be, like that anymore. I don't want to be in that yeah. position. And I felt very vulnerable and very like hurt from that. So yeah. to to be able to step away anyway, to come back to it. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm not really ready to like look this person in the eye and it's like looking at my y- younger self." And then my hair started to turn red like in the chair and I was looking in the mirror and I was like, "This feels actually really good and it feels really yeah. empowering." And what better way is there to like be brought back to your roots and to reclaim yourself? in the ring with 14 women around you, learning to wrestle with Chavo fucking Guerrero. I kind of thought, well, this is like one hell of a way to like reclaim yourself. Yeah, 100%. And then, you know, I did Glow, Glow came out, and then I did this Made of Bricks 10-year anniversary tour.
0: Mad, wasn't it?
1: Oh, my God. It was just, it was like, it was a celebration of like love. It was like Christmas every day, that tour. Yeah. The crowd sang every word I was going into these venues that were like evoking memories and and I just felt like everything I'd worked on doing and that my open heartedness and vulnerable, vulnerability which sometimes I scolded myself for yeah. because I felt naive and how did I always just have so much empathy and trust all these people that screwed me over yeah. and keep doing that and stuff i feel like i'm like aren't i supposed to become cold and shut down at some point like maybe that's the right thing to do but i feel like i just can't do that and when i had i went into and saw these crowds and they were so open-hearted with me i was like that's why that's why i've been so open yeah and that this is the connection and i sang these songs that hadn't sung in some of them hadn't sung, I mean skeleton song and yeah. just pulled every single shit song had sung for years yeah. and you know it really made me go like I that whole summer was about like valuing myself and loving myself embracing who I am every aspect of who I am loving the me that went fuck you and like ran off into the crowd and loving the me that like you know wore vintage dresses and found my identity in yeah. that and I am all those char- I am all those characteristics I have that you know side of me that's very british and i love tea and like quaint countryside like things and then i have like a punk aggressive fuck you side to me and i have a version of me now that exists in the ring yeah and wants to wrestle yeah
0: yeah, completely
1: (laughs) and um it was just such an amazing way to like face myself and and learn to really value myself
0: it's such a beautiful synchronicity because there's regardless of any any um fear or or, or or pressures there's always a professionalism mm. and the fact is because of the role you got yeah. you had to turn back in yeah to, you know in, in time for the 10 year anniversary oh my god so the, I mean it was like meant synchronicity to be. what the hell it might have been a really dramatic thing for you to have to do yourself if, if you know what I mean oh if, my god, if you were coming yeah. up to that gig and going do I, I don't think I would, have done, I might, think it, I would yeah, have done that. I don't think I would have done that. It might that. have been too scary, but yeah. because they're just no, you have to for this. Yeah, You're like, yeah. I have to for this. This yeah. is my role. I'm a professional. Yeah, it kind of if if forced that, which then again, as yeah. stupid as it sounds, I guarantee that made the ten year anniversary shows that bit more Seriously. special because it's yeah, it's
1: Kate, and that, we did.
0: It's the, it's the made of bricks, cake. Yeah,
1: exactly, and yeah. we did. Um, sort of an homage to the original set, which I used to have, like, clouds and stuff. And we brought out my old piano with all the light bulbs and we had, like, trees and clouds. Amazing. And, and, like, it was just, like... Yeah, and actually Skating Polly opened up for us. Yeah. And Kelly, who was in Skating Polly, she reminds me of a younger me. Yeah. And I saw this picture... And I just thought, oh my god, is that I thought someone had tweeted me a picture of one of my earlier gigs. Oh wow. And I was like, wow, we really nailed the set actually. And then I realised it was Kelly on stage and she had like red hair at the time. I mean she does (laughs) hair quite a lot. I just thought, wow, like and I love her so much. Yeah. And she reminds me so much of me back then. And I'm like, that's what we need to do is we need to look at ourselves as kindly as we look to others. Yeah. You know, because we we're we are taught to be self-deprecating and 100%. and there's a difference between, like, you know, I'm not going to ever be someone who's like, I'm, I'm the shit, man. But in a way, I need to be like, yeah, I'm the fucking shit, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Like, sometimes we need to tell ourselves, like, I'm, I'm good, I'm I, worth this. this, I'm valuable. I, I'm, I wouldn't
0: normally imp- imp- impose this upon someone, but I came up with my, I found my own, own life mantra great, about a year ago. And it was just, I ain't shit. But also, I ain't shit. Yeah. And I think it just sums it up perfectly because it's 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 keeping that that humbleness. It's keeping, I'm not
1: breaking the world. That's exactly what it is. I've got
0: this listener, I've got this role, I've done this gig. That doesn't matter. But also, there's a difference between humbleness and beating yourself up. Totally. And I think that can come from a lot of people who have started in working class or whatever areas where you're constantly trying to, I've got to stay humble, but what you're actually doing is. You're shitting on yourself a bit yeah, you're kind yeah, of yeah, you're, yeah. you're beating yourself down. We need
1: to love ourselves. Like that's really important. It's not yeah. talked about and it's kind of seems I don't know, un, I don't know. It's it's kinda of funnier to be down on yourself or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But that is the perfect mantra because it's like you know, I think the thing that I've learned, the wisdom I've gained, I've turned thirty last year. That was a big you know, it's a big one yeah. to turn. It's like put the flag down. And I realised it, what I've learned is I don't know I don't know shit. I don't know anything. Yeah. And that's kind of why my album's called Yesterday Was Forever, because when I was younger, you know, it was like that was gonna be how things were forever. Mm-hmm. Whatever you were in, that was like yeah. all you could see as your future. You're like, yep. this is my plan and this is what I'm gonna do, and I'm in this life and it's gonna feel like this.
0: And I'm, then you I'm gonna be a punk forever. I'm gonna have padlocks around my neck and <laughs> yeah. spiky hair and green hair. Obviously, why know, would
1: I ever change that? You could do that, you could do that forever. <laughs> But what you envision is going to be surrounding you is going to constantly change and you're going to change and you're going to have different people in your life and different jobs and different experiences and different feelings about things. And you should because that means you're growing and you're going to realize that like you don't know anything and you can decide this is your life. And life's going to be something completely different. And, and something can change in a second. Yeah. And that can be good or bad. And, like, to be, just to know that, I think, is showing some wisdom. That's the, that's the wisdom I think I've learned from some life experience is that I don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> it can absolutely. all change in a day. And, like, and that's, that reminds me of yeah. I Ain't Shit. I oh, shit. Yeah. You know, I love that. I love well, that so much. I think I'll, it's perfect.
0: I'll wrap things up there as we've had over an I'm hour. I'm totally going to use that. loads of your time. It's a great, I'm going to quote
1: but you, but to, I, you I absolutely me. think it's brilliant. Um,
0: there's, it's kind of, I'll wrap things up by kind of saying that people, it's seen as an insult to say, oh, you, you've changed. That's often yeah. seen as a bad thing, but I'm delighted with that that you've changed yeah, in yeah, the yeah. years we've not seen each yeah. other and i look forward to all the changes that are ahead Same. so I think, thank you yeah yeah thanks for your nice. time thank it's you been for a yours. Catch it's been up.
1: really nice
0: <laughs> you've been listening to Scooby's pits there we go, that was Kate Nash, and honestly, we could have talked for hours and hours on end, it was an absolute joy. Um, I should mention that the sound we referenced numerous times is Sam Duckworth of Get Cape Where Cape Fly, who's going to be on the podcast soon for a little special that we're doing. Yeah, and the other thing I wanted to to, to flag up, was I've looked into it now, actually, I heard Eddie Temple Morris talking about it on the Hardcore Listing podcast, and the statistic was that if you're a female in the music industry, you're two-thirds, hang on, let me, I've literally, I posted a a video, audio clip of it, so I've got it here, yeah. Um, A female musician is three times more likely to kill herself than a male musician. In fact, I'll play you it. It's on my phone, so it's not going to be good quality, but... A female musician... Is three times more likely to kill herself than a male musician, oh. and and that is something that the UK music industry should feel ashamed about. Yeah, so that I mean that was on the Hardcore Listening podcast, and the Hardcore Listening podcast is guests come on and choose their top five of anything, and Eddie chose his top five th- th- things he's eaten. But the beauty of the podcast is the top five focuses and gets people relaxed and then the conversation goes off anyway and eddie and myself have worked with calm for many years a suicide prevention uh charity and organization and yeah depression and mental health and that kind of thing is something that's important to us a lot and and that was just an interesting stat that i heard on that um again we know that on the street it's reversed or outside of the music, music industry, in general overall men are three times more likely to commit suicide than women but it's mad that within the music industry that's flipped on its head and i think a lot of the stuff that me and kate talked about and addressed here is kind of explains a lot of that some of the pressures i mean you only have to go on lily allen's t- t- twitter to see the targeted abuse that she gets for being um a woman with uh, uh strong opinions um that she's happy to express and i know numerous musicians who are male who are as outspoken, if not more, who get a fraction of the kind of abuse that she gets. Um, and yeah, the, the abuse often tends to end up being about her appearance, about previous paparazzi photos, or whatever else, or any implications, anyone she might have had a relationship with, or any of these other things, which is no one's fucking business, and completely okay. Yeah. It's an interesting one. Anyway, I will stop rambling and let the podcast end. Next week's guest is the return of one of the early podcast guests from back in the day, Mr. Simon Pegg. Oh, I should also mention, actually, if you've enjoyed this one, another person that we mentioned in the podcast was Amanda Palmer, who's a previous Distraction Pieces podcast guest. So go and check that out. But a previous guest as well is Simon Pegg, who was in the first 100 episodes, and he's on next week. So he's returning. So if you haven't caught the first one, go and listen to that and the Nick Frost one and maybe the Paddy Considine one and who else? Michael Smiley. I'm trying to think anyone else who's in that crowd I've had on. I've had most of them. So yeah, go and check that out and next week I'll have Simon Pegg on. I think it's next week. It might be the week after. I've got a lot recorded at the moment so apologies um, if I miss any out. But thank you for tuning in. Yeah, and watch GLOW. On Netflix, I've adored it. Um, I've watched the first five. I can't wait. I'll be honest, I've watched the first five because on the screen, the thing, I have to kind of watch on my laptop like when I've got the previews. So I've watched the first five and enjoyed them, but I'm waiting for it actually to come on Netflix. Partly, I want, it, I want to add my viewing figures to their viewing figures. I know it's only one, but I believe in supporting um, things I like. So yeah, I'm waiting to watch the next five on Netflix netflix on my tv rather than on my laptop too much information that's not of any interest to any of you sorry about that thanks for tuning in i'll see you next week ta-ta